Welcome everyone to Hope CL. This is a special episode in my Raising Leaders series and I'm excited today because as I mentioned, it's a special episode and it's special because I have a special guest. Well, before I introduce her, before I bring her on, let me first say a little about who we are. So we call ourselves Raising Leaders. It's a group of mothers who have recognized God's calling on their lives to raise their children as leaders. Now, to do this takes a special skill. Trust me. But it especially takes the grace and the anointing of God, at least in my opinion. Because we're not just talking about positional leadership. I know oftentimes when I say leaders or leadership, people immediately think about, you know, my child being the president or my child being the governor, that's all okay. But we're saying more than that. We're targeting more than that. We're talking about leaders for God, preparing our children as leaders for God. Now, if you're a follower of Christ, you know that that is not an easy job because there's an enemy out there. There's an enemy that does not want that to happen. And so he battles you. And he battles your children to try to prevent them from living the purpose of God for their lives. And that's why we come together in this group. That's the purpose for setting up this group, to teach mothers, first of all, um, from my experience as a coach and from you know, raising my own children who are now uh, adults, adult children, uh, and, and to especially encourage one another you know, because it's, we're all in the same mission. And lastly, to strengthen each other's hands in the, play, in the place of prayer and intercession. And this is really, really important, you know, because the Bible says when one is weak, there's another one, you know, to, to, to strengthen their hand, to bring them up. And it says when you have been strengthened, it says strengthen your brother, strengthen your brethren. And so that's what we do in the place of prayer and intercession. Now, with this rather long intro today, I am glad to bring my special guest on. She's a mother who has engaged this enemy whose name is Satan. She has engaged him in the battle for the life of her daughter. She's going to tell us a little about it, maybe all about it. Uh, so my guest today is Mrs. Hilda Dixon. Hilda is a professional woman. I'm not going to go into too much intro, but I'm just going to say she's a professional woman in the oil and gas sector of the economy in Nigeria. And she has three wonderful children. And today I've invited her to talk to us about her experience battling for the life of one of those children. I believe it's, it's your first child, Hilda. Yes, it is. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Where to begin the question from? I'm just going to let my coaching instincts, and, and I know you're, you're, you're a coach in the making as well. So I'm, I'm just going to let my coaching instincts um, take, take place. Guide you. <laughs> when, uh, to just give our listeners a, a bit of a background. So this child of yours um, was diagnosed with some type of cancer that you're going to talk to us about. So let me first say, ask you, when, when did this happen? Okay, um, this happened in 2008. 
when she was 21 months old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so what, what kind of cancer was it? Okay, it was neuroblastoma stage four at the point where it was diagnosed. Wow. Can you describe, because I've never heard, I mean, I've heard of leukemia, which seems to be the commonest cancer with children. Uh, but I, mean, yes, I, I can't even repeat what you said. So can you slowly say to us again and tell us what okay. kind of cancer this is? This one. Okay, that was the first time I heard of it as well. It's um, it's actually um, it's kind of linked to the nerves, but for hers, the neuroblastoma started of the mass started of um, somewhere around her adrenal gland. So that was the primary site of the mass. Wow. So it's not a blood cancer; it's one linked to you know a tumor. So there was an actual tumor that um, had to be taken off. And um, yes. And so. she was only 21 months. Yes, she was 21 months. And um, at that time, we really didn't know what was going wrong, what was going on. I'll say when she turned about roughly 18 months, we started seeing a few signs. She, she came back home walking funny. And she's a child that actually started talking pretty early mm. so um we asked what was going on you fall down because we had just taken we had she had barely started off at um, a daycare when this happened so we asked did you fall down she said no you know just normal baby talk we went back to the school yes we couldn't trace what was going on nobody knew what so that was it we started the search for the diagnosis that um, took us to a couple of um hospitals before we eventually traveled out and um, discovered it was cancer. Wow. And so when, when that news, this is your first experience, right? So, so I just want to get into the emotion. I want you to try to, and I know you told the story many times, but I want you to try to go back now and give us the emotion that came to you, that you experienced when that diagnosis was given to you, your husband? Okay, um, I would actually go a step back. Um, I think it's actually even, I'll say it's more scary when you don't even know what's going on. Right. Because all through the period we kept on moving from one place to the other, and we kept on seeing her deteriorating, her blood levels, dropping, you know, and a child that was always active, you know, smiling, warm, mm -hmm. was just helpless. So when you say helpless, um, describe that for me. When you say helpless. Yes. She okay. Um, she couldn't work. Wow. You know, at some point she couldn't work. She couldn't use the bathroom anymore because um, I, there was some, I don't, I wouldn't want to even call it constipation. Okay, and if I give you the whole, her eyes got swollen, she was pale, and in fact, by the time they took the first um, set of scans, her whole, when you look through the marrow and all of that, everything looked all so gummy that they thought it was a very bad infection. So the first time a doctor gave me 
that after we left, in, after we had um, traveled out of Nigeria, mm -hmm. the first time I was told what was wrong, I was even, I would say I was happy because I wasn't told cancer. I said, I was told, oh, it appears she has um, a terrible bone infection, but not to worry, in six weeks, we'll be done with, um, we'll pass her through the antibiotics and um, she'll be fine, you know. So that gave me some hope, you know, coming from a point where you are only, you're praying, you're you speaking, then you really don't know what's, you, you really don't know, you're praying for healing, mm -hmm. but you can't even put your hand on exactly what's going on or what you're praying for. You're just praying right. for healing, blindly, you know. So that gave me some hope. Oh, six weeks, oh, that's fine, you know. Oh, thank you, Lord, you know, you are that state. Then barely 24 hours later, because the doctor was careful to say they need to do some further analysis to let me know exactly what was wrong, to be sure that that's actually what was wrong. So you can imagine your hope was already building up because you are coming from a place where you've been, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I'm struggling for the word to use yeah, here. Yeah, well, but... you said it was just an infection, you'd be taking care of in six weeks. Yes. And now, then, it's not just any. Less than 24 months, 24 hours later, you are being asked, um, do you have family around? Um, do you have anyone we'll need to have? And you're like, what's going on? And you are being told clearly that it's not what they thought. Wow. It's neuroblastoma. It's mm -hmm. cancer. And of course, the first thought is cancer, you know, from where? You know, you are just... <laughs> Oh, it's, um, I, I really don't know where to, but then of course that broke me. Right. Mm, that broke me. Mm, that broke me. Cause I didn't, I didn't see it coming. Oh, but nobody sees cancer coming. <laughs> nobody sees that kind of thing coming. Somebody asked me once, I remember a mother asked me once, I think I was reviewing on a different platform that I run a, a health and wellness platform and we were reviewing cancer. And she asked me, she said, but why do you, children have cancer. And I clearly said to her, I said, look, I have no idea. Nobody knows. Now we're talking about a 21 year, uh, sorry, 21 months old child. Yeah. What was now after the diagnosis, what was the next line of action or what was the next step? And I'm going to say in two ways, the next step from the perspective of the medical personnel and then from your perspective and your family's perspective. So if you just give me the per medical personnel's uh, next step for you first. Okay, yeah. So for the medical personnel, it was obvious, um, it was hard news for anyone to handle. It was very difficult news. So they needed um, a family member that could support me because at this time, coincidentally, I was pregnant with my second child. So they knew it might be a bit too much for me to handle. So they needed a family member there. Um, thankfully, my brother equally um, stays. Um, we were with him in um, Atlanta. So he came up for the review meeting. And we all sat on a round table. And um, they gave you all the... They didn't spare us any details. 
Mm. They told us clearly what the cancer was about. They told us we would have to go through, um, she would have to go through six circles of um, chemotherapy. They said mm. she was going to go through um, a stem cell transplant, you know, afterwards. And um, in fact, they said the stem cell transplant was actually going to happen twice. And afterwards, they would have a radiation. So she was going to have the full cocktail. Mm. And um, almost everything that was being said there, other than a few notes taken, were new to me. I hadn't traveled that route before. Mm. So um, I was in between, you know, sobbing, crying. You know, you have your mind running everywhere at the same time. Mm. But that was it from the medical point of view, you know, but I equally had to pick myself up pretty fast. I needed to, um, because it was obvious it was a battle. So we got all the medical information we needed. And um, of course, they asked me if I think I needed to see a psychologist, a psychiatrist, anybody else. Mm -hmm. that could just help manage me through the process. And then I said, no, it wasn't necessary. And if it was, I would let them know. So that was it on the medical point of view, having the full picture. Mm -hmm. So afterwards was now to go back to the um, spiritual principles to guide you. Wow. So of course, I had to reach out to <laughs> my husband. I had to reach out to my pastor. Everybody needed to know, okay, this is where we are. And of course, when it comes to cancer and the prognosis, when it comes to neuroblastoma, that's a whole different ball game. So that was it. We had gotten all we needed to get from the medical point of view. So it was now a case of going back to our maker mm -hmm. to draw strength from the spiritual path. And um, funny enough, she's a child I had after almost five years of waiting. So you had already journeyed the path of waiting for the child. And at this point, you were now battling for the path of keeping the child, you know, life. Yes. So, and um, I recall when I had to take that step, when we had gone around here and really couldn't um, come up with what the, we couldn't get um, a diagnosis here and we had to travel out. I traveled with one song that um, I played for a very long time and kept playing. You know, it's this, um, it's taken from, I think, um, Jeremiah that says, Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. There has a clause that drew comfort for nothing is too difficult for you. Mm. So that was a song that even before we got the diagnosis throughout, you know, okay. a friend gave me a Walkman just before we left, was what kept coming back to me, that nothing, you know, is difficult for God. Wow. Wow. So this, yeah, I mean, so, um, <laughs> this is just, to think about the fact that how, how many uh, months pregnant were you at the time? I was probably just um, maybe six weeks. I didn't oh realize God. because of all the stress we were going through, I didn't realize I was pregnant. Mm. 
It oh. was at the point where she needed a blood transfusion and um, they needed to check us, the parents, to see, you know, for compatibility. Yeah. That was when they asked when last I saw my, you know, monthly circle and all. And that was when it occurred to me that You're, I hadn't yeah. even... <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when you're going through several other issues, some of them become really minor. Wow. You know, so it was at that point they ran a test and realized I was pregnant. So I was maybe somewhere around six to eight weeks. Oh my God. When I, when this God. happened. And, and to, so to think that first, the first challenge was you've been waiting for five years to have this baby. And now this baby comes and you now have to battle for her life. And in that battle, you couldn't, you were not even free, so to say, to battle, you know, you're, you were not pregnant. You know, sometimes, that, and I know I, I teach this quite a bit in, in Raising Leaders, when I try to get women, we as women, to actually see who we are in terms of, first, the power that's in us by God, the trust. And I say, when I say trust, I'm talking about our womb. You know, he trusts us to hold this life these lives that he's going to use on this end to host them, to take care of them, bring them forth, and then take care of them thereafter. I, I jokingly, you know, I always say that the job of a mother never ends. You know, it, it's a yes. continuous job forever. And, and, and to have to do all of that in the battlefront, so to say, I mean, we can talk about how many women lose their lives in the process of childbirth and now some make it through as we did but then you still have to battle and so uh, it's interesting when you said i had to pick myself up and and i'm going to ask you this question about that because oftentimes that's the first step that is necessary you told us the first step of the medical personnel we appreciate that but we in facing the battle in battling the enemy, the first step that we need to take, because oftentimes you would have been knocked off your feet, you know, in battle, because you're battling someone who is stronger than you. Your strength is not yours. It's coming from yes. Jesus. But you don't get that strength until you take that first step of picking yourself up, because here the enemy has knocked you down. And if you don't pick yourself up, the help that is available for you, you can get. So tell me about, you, you talked about the song, obviously. What else was it you did? I just wanted to walk people through this, through this picking yourself up. There are a lot of people going through all manner of challenges right now. And even if they are not brothers yet, but they are knocked down right now. And they don't know how to get up. Okay. So just tell us one or two things that you told yourself or that you did that helped you pick yourself back up. Okay. Stepping back a little again. Um, that's subject for another day, but I'd like to start from there. At the point, just um, about two months before I took in for her, the doctor, we actually went for a proper check. 
and the doctor, a renowned doctor, you know, and I mean, not in Nigeria, <laughs> clearly told us it was impossible to have a child naturally. So, um, eventually, when I took, that's why I said the story for another day, but we'll keep it, I'll try yeah. and keep it shut. Yeah. So eventually when I took in, I didn't have cause to take, I hadn't, I wasn't taking any multivitamin. I wasn't taking it, nothing. It was just miraculous. You know, um, I mean, my pastor back in Port Harcourt had just dedicated their child after 10 years and they had been told, oh, it's impossible to have a child naturally. So I just got back from this journey of where I had been told the same thing is impossible to have your child naturally. And coincidentally, I was called to dance out with that child. I danced out with her, you know, to the altar for her dedication. And as I was carrying a 10-year-old, I mean, that was another miracle and they had told them impossible. As I was carrying that child, I was equally claiming my own miracle. Mm. So two months down the line, I took in for her. So why I stepped back a little bit is this. Her middle name, because my husband is partially Ghanaian and so her middle name, he, gave, he named her, he gave her the first name, which was after his mom. And I was to give her her second name. So because the doctor told me it was impossible to have a natural conception, I named her Onsuyemiye. Onsuyemiye is a Ghanaian name. And it means nothing is impossible with God. Wow. I borrowed that from his own sister. So that's what I named her. So one first step I took in the hospital, which a doctor even questioned me about, was I said, for the whole, for the period I'm going through this, nobody calls her her first name. Call her on Suyamiye. And they said they couldn't pronounce it. I said, well, you can call her on Su, but that's the name. And they said, oh, why? I said, because each time you are speaking, you are calling her, you are speaking over her life. Mm. So that was a first step. So throughout, they knew her as Ansu. Ansu. For those that could manage Ansu, yeah, fine, but Ansu. Mm. So what were we doing? We were just speaking. We were just reminding him of his word, that nothing is impossible with him. Precisely. So that was a first step. First step. Awesome. Because that now now talks about confession, the power of confessions. And, and I often talk about this, you know, how even in our prayer meeting, we have a, a section that is dedicated to declarations and confessions because they are so powerful. So, so powerful. Like rightly said, yes. every time she was called that name, you were confessing. Yes, you were bringing to God's yes. remembrance his own word, but you were also confessing and declaring confessing. who she is exactly. in that word, that she is exactly. a job for God to do. And it's not impossible. Awesome. Did you have a second step you wanted to share? Because I have a few other questions I wanted to take us through. Did, did you want to share your second step? or? Well, that was, um, I, okay, let's say that's the, the second step was really just going back to the word and building right. myself up in the word. That was just right. it. Okay. You know, building myself up in the word and real, coming to the point where you realize the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. Excellent. Really. Excellent. Awesome. Because that's really it. I, I think for, for many of us Christians, I think what um, shakes us the most is when we take our eyes off of Jesus. And I'm, I'm not saying this in a religious way, because we often say, you know, don't take your eyes. But it's literally 
literally keeping your eyes on him. And I'm going to use the phrase that you expressed just now, which means, you know, the battle is not yours. It's not your battle. Yes, you're in the ring. Yes, the enemy seems to have knocked you down. But guess what? He cannot knock down the one behind you, the one backing you up. Indeed, that one has already knocked him down. So if you can just see that picture and see that he's already, already won the battle, but he just needs you to get up and get into the already finished, finished victory, finished work that he's already. So we have to literally step into it. And the way we step into it is by the word of our mouth. Amen. All right. So uh, the, the other thing that I want to ask now is how long did it take the um, medical personnel? Yeah, I know you're saying the network is a bit bad. I noticed that too from my end. Um, but if okay, you can clear now. Uh, yes. If it's you can clear. me. All right. How, how long did it take to, you know, go through the, the entire protocol? You know, I know you had a cocktail of three, uh, six circles of chemo and all of that. How long did, did it take the, that little child to go through that? Okay, if I go through the whole, um, roughly, it was over a year. Um, the, the major part where you had to be, you know, back and forth in the hospital was for roughly 11 months. Okay. You know, back and forth. Yeah, but eventually um, we got to use uh, more of medication. So, okay, how do I break it in? Break it up now. Okay. So the, the chemotherapy itself ran till sometime in November from June till sometime in November. So that was roughly five months or so, or six months. Then all the transplants and um, run till about January. Yes, till January, because I got out of the hospital in January and um, we finished the treatments in January. And she had, um, and my daughter came in January as well, my second daughter. Wow. Um, but we continued for another six months. So somewhere between um, 11 and 15 months right. because of some other medication she needed to take afterwards, yes. Right, okay. So, so now tell me, at what point did you share the story with your daughter? Because you must know now what mm. she's been through as a child. When did you decide that she was old enough to know? Oh... I think all through, I, I, I struggle with knowing exactly when, but it all got so very clear to her. Yes, because each time people saw her, because people knew the story. So each time they saw her, she knew there was something. She knew from the onset. I mean, she has pictures. She knew she was ill, but she never really knew how far, you know, the extent. She knew, you know, yes, she goes for her. I mean, we're going for checks three um quarterly so four times a year then two times so she knew we had to keep moving back and forth but i guess she got the picture really clearly maybe within the last two years i've been trying to write a book and she's been reading it step by step so when i had my first draft ready with everything mm -hmm. she was able to read through okay. and i mean because i completed the first draft this year and she's read through everything so she has a very clear picture of it now and has even started um, a non-profit, um, a charity organization to equally cater for children um, struggling with cancer. Yes, so wow. she has a full picture, but she's known it each step of the way, I would say. Yes, awesome. but I think it's gotten clearer now that she's more aware of herself and you go for checks. 
Um, there, is, there are some things they are looking out for, you know, uh, questions being asked. So I, I would say it was, um, it was gradual till I would say, I'm hoping it has peaked at this point. I'm hoping she has the full picture now here. Yeah, and, and, and I know our audience will probably be wondering at this point, how old is this child, you know, who now has an NGO, you know, to help other children? Interestingly, <laughs> she's now 14, but she set up that NGO before she turned 14. That was, um, she, she started it off um, sometime this year when she was still 13. She turned 14 in September, turned 14 just last month. Awesome. Yes. So awesome. now, now tell me, I have a couple more questions. I know I said we would take 30 minutes and it's 30 minutes already, but we're probably going to just extend for another five minutes because I have two more. I'm curious about two okay. more things. First question is, how does your okay. child now, this girl, 14 year old, beautiful girl, how does she feel about herself? And what's her relationship with God? Oh, um, initially when she realized there were certain side effects um for instance she's not um as tall as she ordinarily would have um, everyone would have expected her to be mm -hmm. and they kind of linked it up to the radiation so initially it bothered her a little bit oh um you know her height mm -hmm. but what i saw over time was she came to a point of and each time that happened you know we're like you know what I tried to draw her attention to the fact that there are several others that probably have your height or are dealing with one thing or the other that did not even go the path you went, you know? And I, I more or less tried to make her focus more on the blessings mm -hmm. and not the distractions of what has not gone right, you know? So over time, I just saw her evolve she's um i see her at the point of ac she's accepted you know her journey i mean for her to even start up an ngo where she's trying to reach out to others i saw it as her accepting what has happened come to the point of being grateful and of course um she 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 has a very i would say good relationship with her god she knows that exactly she knows she can pray and she can get answers awesome. to prayers and she even is part of um, a team in her school as well that um, supports, you know, mental health and things like that. So she's, I would say she's using her pain or the trial or the route she went to mm -hmm. equally encourage others. That's the point I see her um, operating right now. Awesome. Awesome. And, and that, uh, you know, goes to support the scripture, which I don't have it up there now, but I put it earlier on as started that you know the bible says when you have been strengthened you know you reach out and help your brethren and that's who we are as Christians. So i'm glad to see that this young girl has discovered something that a lot of us adults you know haven't yet you know people are so obsessed about themselves and what they don't have that they are hardly able to see what other people need and how they can help help them um, achieve that. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I know that um, you, you speak to, you know, a number of people about your uh, experience and your work of faith and all of that. Now, I want us in rounding up to just tell us what, you know, uh, you took away from that experience. It's a painful experience, but it's also an experience where you came to see the power of God at work. 
you know, where you were able to exercise your faith, what is your takeaway from that whole experience? And I'm sure you had other challenges, but we just want to talk about you know, this, this particular experience. Mm, uh, yes, um, you're right. I had other challenges prior to this, but I would say this really built my faith. This challenge actually made me, the takeaway for me was, I was able to... Right, I, I want to take you back to your first statement. I want to be sure we got that clearly recorded. You said this feels, is that, what, is that a word you used? Just now? Yeah, you said this experience sealed your faith. Was that what you said? I, I, I just want to be sure. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, um, I'm not too sure. I'm not certain how I put it, but I said it built it. It built it. Oh, it B U I L. Yeah, it built, yeah, it built my faith. Right, yeah, it built, faith. It okay. built my faith because right. I got to the point. Um, so a takeaway for me was, you know, it was clear to me that God always has our backs, mm. my back. It was so clear because it was. Um, I was at a point where I could do nothing for myself. I couldn't, I, it was obvious to me that I couldn't carry the burden mm. on my own. So I got to the point where I could actually, you know, when they say you should um, lay all your burdens at his feet, I got to that point. I didn't, um, I didn't really understand the enormity of what I had gone through till I came to the other side. Mm. So I was assured, you know, of God's love. Mm. I mean, so many others walked this path, you know, and um, a lot of those we stayed in touch with, the children did not survive it. So I knew it had nothing to do with our righteousness or our being, or our being uh, it had nothing to do with, um, I, I don't know how to, how to actually, uh, oh, you know, because some people will say, oh, well, they had, you know? they had good medical care and all of that. But now you're saying to us that there were other people no, no, no. in that journey with you that their children did not make Yes. Mm. They didn't make it. And those people actually got, were right in the center or middle of good medical care. So mm. it had nothing, you know, it just shows you that when God's hands on something, you know, just no matter how it swings, mm. he's in control. It got me to the point of trusting totally and completely because I couldn't, I knew I couldn't do anything on my own. It had nothing to do with me. So all I focused on was praising him, building myself up in the world. And I mean, at some point I was questioned if I was Hindu. And I used the opportunity to share my faith because they couldn't imagine that I was going through that. Mm. I was at this point heavily pregnant. And each time they saw me in the hospital, I was smiling all over the place. They just couldn't relate with it. Mm. But it was because I had gotten to the point where I submitted totally. I yielded to him, mm -hmm. you know? So it, it just, right now, there's hardly anything that comes my way that I don't, you know, each time I want to be shaken or something wants to get me really ruffled, you know, I mm -hmm. just go back. 
I just go back. It's more like, you know, you have a testimony book, you have a record book or something. You just go back mm -hmm. and you see the oceans and rivers he has crossed with you. Wow. And you just build up your faith from there and you just keep running. Wow. So I'll say it just helped me build that faith and trust some. It was there, but it just took it higher. The oceans and rivers he has crossed with you. I mean, you, you, you use so many key phrases. I'm, I'm writing them down, but I'm going to have to listen to this again because I want to make sure that I capture every one of them. Um, lastly, lastly, what would you say to my audience, to our audience listening to this powerful testimony of yours who may be going through whatever challenge, theirs may not be their babies or their, or their pregnancy, but it may be, you know, daunting all the same and they're feeling alone because you mentioned, you said he was there all along. He always has my back. How, what, what can you tell our audience to help them see what you saw or feel what you felt from Jesus as bad as that situation seemed 13 years ago? Yeah. So I would assure, um, I, I would just like, um, at this point, I would just say, um, I hope I can keep it really short and simple. I just want everyone, you know, listening or that would eventually listen to know that God is always walking behind the scenes. So though things might not appear to look um, all so good, though they might be daunting, like you said, don't be distracted by what you're seeing. Put your eyes, gaze upwards, put your eyes on Jesus. Don't be daunted by what you see. Just take what you see as a distraction. Mm -hmm. So rather than magnifying what you're looking at or the problem that is staring you right in the face, magnify God. And he'll always show up, irrespective of what way it swings. Mm -hmm. Just be rest assured. Awesome. He's awesome. got your back always. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am so certain, um, with our prayers, of course, that this testimony is going to reach thousands of people all around the world and they will be lifted and be encouraged that if God can do it for Hilda Dixon, he can do it for me. He's the same God. He's the same God a thousand years ago. He's the same God 13 years ago with Mrs. Dixon. He's the same God with you today. And like she said, I like you know, Mrs. Dixon Hilda said to us, stay focused. All the problems, all the challenges, they're just distractions. If you can just see them as distractions and focus on Jesus, the Bible says he is the finisher, the author and the finisher of our faith. So you see, we must express our faith. We must express it. So I encourage everyone who is listening to this podcast to be encouraged by this testimony, be strengthened by this testimony, and know that God truly has no back. Okay. Thank you for just being with me. Thank you for sharing your testimony. I am sure a lot of people will be touched by it. 
Thank you for your time. God bless you. You have thank you very much for All the right. opportunity. Thanks a lot. God bless. Bye now. God bless you too. Bye then.